add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry. In December 2021, Karen Kruger faced a daunting breast cancer diagnosis, enduring a prolonged and emotionally challenging journey. Karen discovered a mission in her own struggle, becoming a cancer coach. Drawing from her leadership development background, she empowers survivors, providing crucial emotional support often missed in conventional treatments. Karen's coaching focuses on self-compassion, mental health, and guiding individuals at any stage of their cancer journey. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Karen on the podcast in studio. Karen, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Carl. Thank you for having me. Well, that's a big introduction. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> quite a mouthful. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. Much appreciated. So let's get to know you a little bit, I think, first. That's the best thing. Let's get to know sure. you and tell us a little bit about your, your cancer journey, if that's okay. It's sure. very topical. It's it's frighteningly common. And I think it's brilliant to have someone on the show who, A, does what you do in terms of your your coaching but also who's been through such a such an ordeal. Yeah, it's it's um it is very common, sadly, very prevalent. Um so I'm one of the millions of uh, of women diagnosed with uh, breast cancer every year. So, yes, December 2021, I was getting ready for my um my youngest first birthday and found the lump in my left breast and it was around covid time and it took a while to get an appointment with the doctor and then it went through the rigmarole of of getting tests with um, with the hospital St Vincent's, and that was also a long waiting list with um, with COVID and the backlog. So it was the fourth of around the fourth of February by the time I was actually okay. diagnosed. And originally they said, "Don't worry, you caught it early. This is great. You know, it's only one centimeter. It's you know, you'll be fine. All good. Won't need that much treatment." Um, we'll just go and do an MRI just to be sure about the location, et cetera. And then, yeah, it turned out to be five centimeters after uh, a few few different tests. So, yeah, that was incredibly um, a, a massive shock to the system, uh, to all my family. Um, I mean, I never struggled with my health my, my whole life, um, never in hospital, uh, very fit and um, ate very well, didn't, you know, obviously drank, but not massive amount, never smoked. And yeah, just, um, it was out of, out of, out of nowhere. Um, 
So, yeah, there was a lot of tests back and forth. Um, they were amazing in there. Um, the doctors and oncology nurse that gets assigned to your case. Um, they were great. Um, and then I had my operation. Yeah, there was lots of tests. And I think that that period of time was was really challenging for me um, because I didn't have a lot of support from my when I was diagnosed. Um, they told me and gave me leaflets and things like that. Um, and I contacted a couple of um, cancer support centers, but I was I was so alone. I was so lost. Um, and it was a long time before I could have my operation. They did some more tests. It was two months later than the 4th of April by the time I had my my operation. And in that period of time, you know, two months is a long time for somebody who doesn't know whether they're living or dying. And that's really what it was. I felt like I was fighting for my life, really. And in that period of time to try and get through the day was... Um, get through the nights actually were the hardest of course um, when things are quiet and it's dark and lonely when yeah, things are quiet and dark and lonely everybody's asleep your thoughts yeah it was really it was really really hard um and it was only after I had my operation, which I had a mastectomy and an auxiliary clearance, which means they they remove all the lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only after I had the operation that they were telling me about Purple House, which is a fantastic support centre, um, cancer support centre down in Bray in Wicklow. Um, I found out from the physio and oh, they were just amazing. They were incredible. But I found that that period of time, you know, when I just got diagnosed and when I actually you know, had my operation. There was there was no support um, for me. And and that was that was really, really hard. So, yeah. And, you know, in that time, you know, you're you're having to go carry on, you know, working and looking after the children and, you know, as if nothing's actually happening. Life has to go on. Life has to go on. Life is for the living. So um, luckily, luckily, I I, I sort of came from a very good uh, position in my mental health from that you know, at that point, I never really, thank God, struggled with my mental health. I was very lucky. Um, so I had a good starting point. So I was knocked down on that ladder quite significantly. Um, but I wasn't too far from the bottom. Um, and climbing back up that ladder was definitely easier for me. Um, I know that. But um, having studied psychology and um, done a lot of work in that area, I I always used to appreciate what people were going through, like depression and, and things like that. But um, I, I actually really understood now what it meant to be depressed um, and to struggle with those dark thoughts. And uh, yeah, it was fascinating to actually live it um, and really, really go through it. It was it was. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't learn anything really as well as when you actually go through it yourself, isn't it? Of course. So, um, yeah, so so that brings me up to the operation. And then after the operation, um, there was a bit of recovery time and we went I went into my chemo. I had eight rounds of chemo. Um, yeah, a lot a lot of chemo and then um, five weeks of radiation. So that was not nearly um, as bad as the chemo. The chemo was was horrific. Um but the radiation was every day in the car going into Vincent's and um and yeah, it takes it takes time <laughs> out of your day. And, you know, you want to get on at that point. You're finished sort of chemo mm-hmm. and you don't understand what's going on. So why do I have to actually continue going in? So that was five long weeks. Um, and yeah, I mean, treatment went fine. I had a bit of a hiccup halfway through my treatment where I caught COVID and oh, wow. I was neutropenic. Um, I caught an infection 
in the line that they put in. So I was in hospital for a week and nobody could come and see me because it was COVID. And yeah, so that was that was awful. Um, but it's incredible how your body heals. I never anticipated how quickly I would recover. And I did. Um, and it was marvelous. So, yeah, that brings me to the end of radiation. Um, and then you're left. Off you go. Um, you're done. And um, the nurse, when she took the line out of me and my chemo, um, you know, she said, off you go now. Don't. And she was wonderful, a wonderful nurse. Um, you know, don't think, you know, about too much about it. Just go on living, you know. And wow, it's it's um, it's that it's that um, simple is probably the wrong word, but it, it's a very simple conversation after an incredible journey. I know. And quite a um a, 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 a not a frivolous thing to say but you know what I mean it just was very interesting that she said something like that because really it wasn't I couldn't I couldn't let it go it's it changes your life completely you'll never you're never really the same again um there are, I mean we all evolve so there is a theory that you're going to evolve anyway um but I uh, yeah things are very different you definitely have a different lens uh, for sure um, you prioritize differently your health is different your negative thoughts are there it's it's all um can be very uh, all consuming I can only imagine um so yeah um and then when you finish treatment like I said then that's it they sort of just leave you off and that's where I was quite confused about what to do um and where and what and how and why and and how long did it take you to come to terms with that that it was you're on your own now from a um, medical it took, perspective. Yeah, it took it took a good few months um, because physically you look fine. Okay, obviously my hair was growing back, so you know I didn't really have a whole lot of hair, so I didn't look great there. But everything else, you're done treatment. You're not, you know, in the hospital every day. Um, and people are like, great. So when are you going back to work? Um, <laughs> and I mean, people have the kindest intentions, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, people. Why, you know, you should be happy, you know, you're finished and let's get going. And I'm always been a very determined person. So I was like, right, OK, so get back into the running and, you know, watch my eating and give up drinking. And, you know, so I had a whole list of things that I wanted to do and get going, get going. And, you know, then then Christmas hit and I got the most horrific chest infection and I... You know, the way when you cough and I got a sore muscle and I thought, no, it's come back in my bones. So I had to go for like a full MOT. It wasn't. It was just from coughing. But your mind of course. doesn't stop going around and around and around. Um, so it was, yeah, a good few months. And really, I felt like things were just, things just really started to turn last year, you know, around May time. I think really things started to settle for me and I really was starting to feel a bit more in tune with what it was that I needed to do with my future. My health was much better. I was stronger. I was doing a lot of resistance training, which I had never done before. Um, I'd always done running and um you know, walking and things like that, which is all amazing, clearly. But the resistance training just added a different layer mm -hmm. um, that I had never been exposed to before. So, yeah, good few months, Carl. You know, it takes it takes a long time to realize that's it. So now what? You know, and oh, my soul, my next appointment is not for six months. Are you are you kidding me? You know, you, you uh, uh, no, I need to have a scan right now. You know, so, 
it's um you have to learn to trust your body again you have to learn to trust your body and 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 yourself yeah um trust your body and and be comfortable with your body again which Mm, yeah, is a work in progress. You know that yeah. doesn't that doesn't happen uh, overnight or even in a six month period. It takes a while. And yeah. there, there, there's a, a pressure to return to normal, almost, isn't there? Yeah, it is because you look as though everything's fine, and you know, um, yeah, that part of your brain, your mind's talking to you, saying you should be, you know, you should be this, you should be that. Check you out, you're clear, and look at all these other people, and you know, a bit of guilt going on, and you know, get on the pressure. The pressure mostly, you know, from myself, and then, yeah, of, of course, you know, you've got, <laughs> you've got young kids, and kids, you know, much knows they're fantastic when they look at you and they say, like, "Mom's better," you know, mm-hmm. she could do everything that she used to do, you know, and you're like, "Well, I need to rest." What? You don't need to rest. <laughs> you're finished treatment, mom. What's going on? So, um, yeah, pressure from from all angles, but it's just about managing that, I guess. And then you decided to research from a work perspective, well, to add a new string to your bow from a work perspective. Exactly. And add a new string. So I'd always, obviously always been in leadership development and I um, was in coaching the past um, about four or five years um, after finishing my diploma in it. So it was always something that I wanted to do, um, obviously outside of work, um, because I do the coaching during work and and I, I was very lost when I reflected back. I was very lost when I finished my treatment. Um, I, there was a lot of fad diets before my treatment, after my treatment. There's so much information out there. Um, so many Instagram and do this and do that and websites telling you this and studies telling you that. And I love to read. So I just read so much and became so overwhelmed Um you know, whatever they say, information paralysis, so much stuff going on. I um I didn't know whether I was coming or going. Mm-hmm. And and that was that was yeah, that was hard. So um I felt, you know what, let's just get your head in the right space here, Karen. You know, you have skills in this area. Why don't you look at, you know, possibly going down this route and helping people that don't have a huge amount of support and in this area obviously there's loads of support from a from a, a cancer support center perspective you've got i mean the likes of purple house were quite remarkable they've reflexology they've obviously therapy uh, reflexology um uh, reiki acupuncture incredible physio down there and a gym and i mean that's not just purple house there's lots of support centers that offer that type of thing and and they were amazing i i i actually would be lost um, had I not had that after I finished treatment because they are that that support from when you leave the hospital to getting back to life um, for want of a, of a better way of saying it. So, um, but I just felt that there was, I, I needed somebody to give me focus and filter out an awful, an awful lot of the misinformation that was out there. Um, and somebody who'd been through it before and who had yeah been through before and experienced mm-hmm. all the you know like I said you don't really experience and understand something unless you've lived through it yourself you can definitely relate um, and you have experts and they're amazing and there's doctors and this and so much information out there but um, from my perspective I felt like you know 
when I finished treatment, I needed help to motivate me in the right way and channel my energy in the right direction. And I didn't have that. So I was helter skelter. I was, you know, yeah. And I, I just needed one person to say, OK, so you want to get fit? OK, well, let's get in touch with Carl Henry or you want to do this, you know, yeah, nutrition, speak to a nutritionist yeah. and, you know, you want to. So you just need somebody to look at you holistically and and say, OK, I know, I know how you can do this and let's break down um, these goals into sort of mm -hmm. um, sustainable actions, you know, that are easy to achieve. Um, so. And how did, so how does coaching work then? So talk me through the process of it. It's, it's very similar to your standard coaching. So I'm helping somebody sift through an awful lot of the, the fog that's in their mind and um, and create those sustainable um, actions that they can slowly work on and create sense of clarity. And it can relate to a whole multitude of things, you know, between navigating the menopause for women after they've finished treatment. Um, it can be trying to figure out a better sense of well-being, um, a better uh, sense of mental health. Um, it can be what work do you want to do? do you, you know, a lot of people change jobs and and things like that after they finish treatment. Um, and, and just trying to feel like they can gain a bit of inner strength and get themselves back to the way they used to be, at least as much as they can. Um, and as close to it as, as possible. So the coaching provides that safe space and, and that, you know, area, that safe space for them to really reflect on and make sense and um, and uh, create a plan and provide that bit of motivation that a lot of people struggle with, especially coming out of something as horrific as, as cancer treatment. And do you find it rewarding? It's it is very rewarding. Um, ab absolutely. I mean, it's always I've always really enjoyed working with people mm -hmm. on an individual basis. So to see that progress. And this may seem like a strange question, but do you find it very different from coaching in um, the corporate world? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's from a different context. It is a very different, uh, a different context. And yeah, you have you have. Yeah, it's a different way of looking at it, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got real, real challenges when somebody comes out of a cancer. And I suppose with respect, you have real challenges also in the business. So it's it's a different context, but um, a different perspective. Uh, it's very rewarding. And, um, you know, if you can just help one person, it makes, I mean, I'm sure in your line of work, it's the same. If you can make a difference with just one person, it's, it's quite remarkable. So um, I really, really enjoy it. Um, and yeah. what what are some of the common examples that cancer patients kind of struggle with po post uh, when when post diagnosis? Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, I suppose the the, the strong one is can fear of cancer recurrence. Of course, yeah. Um, it's confusion about how do I eat? Um, how do I eat healthy? Although I'm not a nutritionist, I certainly can point them in the right direction and and have those conversations and create that clarity. Because um, you know, social media is full of a lot of stuff, frightening information. It's full of a lot of frightening yeah, information. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, fear of recurrence, um, wanting to do things differently because, you know, maybe the stress that I had before has contributed, mm -hmm. might not cause, but contributed to um, the health situation. So 
um, how do I manage that stress? So um, the coaching will will do that. Will help come up with strategies and practices and new ways of of um, of living that, to help manage that stress, um, anxiety around scans, scan anxiety. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of different things, and like I was saying, work related stuff as well. So how do I navigate work knowing all the new information and being a new person really to, and, to what I presumably the, you know the coaching process takes time of course it doesn't happen within a week it doesn't happen or, or whatever it's it's an evolving process yeah you're creating new practices so it's not just um about exploring the mind um which you, there's a huge aspect to the coaching is where you you do find you know you need to explore your mind you need to understand where I came from to where I am now um because then when you're creating actionable goals that have to match mm-hmm. the individual so You've got this whole exploration aspect, which takes time. And then you've got now creating new practices that they have to put into action. And if they're not putting those into action uh, uh, enough, then it doesn't solidify, it doesn't, um, um, you know, create a new way of, of living. So, yeah, it, it takes it takes a while. It takes time. But um, any, any help you can, you know, I just find like clients just really enjoy the process of talking things out and mm-hmm. Finding that clarity. It's well, you're providing a safe space mm. that, you know, can often be so confusing. And even in the, the home environment, I'm sure, for clients post-diagnosis and post-treatment, that you provide a very safe space for them, for with someone who's been through the process and, yeah. and, and give them the, the space to be able to feel what, whatever way they're feeling. Yeah, because, you know, I suppose when you finish treatment or active treatment, you, know, you might be not tired of talking about it to your family um, or friends, but you you also want to move on. You don't want to have to keep talking about it Mm -hmm. all the time, but yet to move on, you need to still address things. So, Of course. Mm. Tell me about the Gift of Time fundraising uh, campaign. So, um, yeah, I work as a, well, I'm helping the Breast Cancer Ireland as as an ambassador for them. So um, they contacted me last uh, last year, last summer about it. And um, I've, I've written in my story to Breast Cancer Ireland and uh, they, they wanted to use that as inspiration for the Gift of Time ad campaign. And um, Nikki contacted me about that. So it was um, designed around my, my, my story, which I had reflected on one night in, when I was telling you in between that period of, of diagnosis. Um, I was I couldn't sleep. I was I was very upset. I didn't know where the cancer had gone. And um, I remember just as you do go and look at your children as they are sleeping. And I stood you know, crying, uh, de- devastated at the, what the future holds. Unknown, that terrible unknown, not knowing what what what's going to happen. And I wrote that in the story and, you know, it worked for them and the campaign that they needed. So they created that ad. Um, Mind you, she looked a hell of a sight better than (laughs) I did (laughs) at the time. But um, (laughs) but yeah, so um, I think it was great. And and they were quite successful. They they raised quite a lot. I have no idea how much they raised, but they raised an awful lot of money out of it. So um, and no doubt there's there's more campaigns coming down the track. So um, everything, every little helps. So, yeah, it's been wonderful to have you in studio. Thank listen you, to your Carl. story it's been it's it's yeah people are fascinating and their backgrounds are fascinating i think Thank that you. by going through something you, you you've something that no degree can ever teach but you can mm. match that with a psychology degree and then you, you've turned that into a business which is fantastic if people want to get in touch with you where can they find you yeah so karen kruger coaching.com 
and then Instagram, which I am slowly building up. Karen Cancer Coach is my name on Instagram. Instagram, social media can be a pain, but it's important that yeah. in the same in the same sentence. Yeah. Especially when you know you've been you've been through from when you go through the process of what you've been through, you look online for and there's so much nonsense. There's so much nonsense out there for all of us. Mm. That safe spaces in the social media world are good too. So yeah, people need stuff to relate to, right? They need to know that's certainly something that I wanted as well. When you go through it, you you try to find yourself and other people mm-hmm. immediately, so it helps. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming thank in, you, Carl. for sharing your story. And uh, I think people will get a huge amount from it. Folks, you've been listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. As ever, you know where we are, at Carl Henry PT on Instagram, realhealth.independent.ie. A fascinating episode. I'm sure you will absolutely agree. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week. Sláin go